You're listening to the Everyman Podcast, and man, am I excited for today's show. I'm uh, just sitting here listening back to the recording, which I forgot that I did from a Starbucks, uh, which I'm pretty impressed with. My guest today is Mark Holzman, and Mark Holzman is a yoga teacher, meditation instructor, and an Ayurvedic practitioner. He lives both in the States and in Paris. Uh, you know, I never ever thought about living in Paris, but my God, what a good idea that might be. Uh, I'm so excited to share this one because, I mean, honestly, lately, all of these episodes, I'm pretty damn excited to share just because they've been easy and natural and fun and powerful. Uh, But Mark's is a special one. I met Mark about a year ago at the Wanderlust Festival known as Wellspring in the Desert, and we're sitting by the pool and we had a conversation. Uh, I had unwittingly done a bunch of his classes on Yoga Glow. I had done some of his yoga classes and got to meet him and kind of put it together. And we started inviting him to come to our open source retreats in order to teach our Saturday morning yoga class. We've we've always done a yoga class Saturday morning uh, since day one. And he came. He came in April this year and got to spend the weekend with him. And I just, I gotta, I just feel like I got a soul brother here. I, I, I love this dude. I love what he stands for. I love how he speaks. I love his energy. I love how he showed up. And uh, I really love this conversation that we got to have. So uh, you can find Mark and all of his goodness at markholzman.com. And, you know, there's all other kind of online stuff you can find with him. Yoga Glow is where I found him. If you practice yoga or you're interested in practicing yoga, we're not getting paid for saying this. I just like Yoga Glow. So I'm just putting a little drop in there. You might hear some birds in the background here. Uh, We have a bird rescue in the back of of the place I'm using as an office. Um, Anyway, we put a couple retreats up last minute for the summer due to overwhelming demand. We had a lot of guys reaching out, wanting more. And so we said, sure. So we have a Northern California retreat, an open source. This is for any dude in the world that wants to come, that's interested, that's willing to step in the ring and get on with it. So this is July 19th through 21st in Philo, California. This is north of the Bay Area. Not too far, a couple hours maybe north. A beautiful retreat center called Riverbend Retreat Center. This is going to be a, a, fan, a fantastic spot. There's redwoods on the property. There's a beautiful stream running through it. Uh, it's just a super cool location. And yeah, come join a bunch of guys that are ready to step up and just face who they are, face what they feel, face what's going on inside, and bring it out with the intention to better themselves and better their families and better their work and better their relationships and better the world. Really, I think it comes down to that. And then if you're on the East Coast, we have one a couple weeks later, August 2nd through 4th in Sheffield, Massachusetts at Racebrook Lodge. I'm speaking a lot faster than I normally do. I don't know why. I haven't had caffeine. I'm just on a roll. Um, Racebrook Lodge is where we've done all of our East Coast retreats to date, um, unless you count Ohio as East Coast, and we did one there too. Uh, Racebrook is our home. We've never done one in the middle of summer there, so this is going to be particularly exciting. The open source retreats are our, they're our flagship, right? They're our, that's what we started with. That's where this entire thing started with. And it's a weekend that is, you know, it is intense and it's powerful, uh, but it's not so intense that it, you know, freaks you out necessarily. It is, it is intended to be something that is reachable and accessible and approachable. Really what we do is we get together. We say, we're going to slow down, We're saying we're going to take the time to really feel what the hell is going on inside of us. 
and we're going to, with a lot of guidance and a lot of really, you know, careful and even fun direction, learn how to bring that out and share it with each other. And so what guys are going home with, actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do a little testimonial right here. I got them all on my computer. Hold on here. Two, three. Hi, Dustin Anderson, Heartland of the U.S. When I first heard about Everyman, I was stoked until it got closer and then I was scared shitless and then I was really scared and then when I walked in the door I was everything I could do but to turn around and run I mean who who is gonna sit there with these guys every these burly these I mean there's some tough guys in there and by the second day seeing that these guys have the same emotions locked up inside of them that I did blew my mind and there's no other feeling like it you've got to experience it even if you have a piece of you just a piece of you that thinks you should do this that's more than enough because you're going to walk out of here with a completely different perception of yourself and men in general because we can feel too and that's okay you've got to come man it's so much better when other people say it (laughs) (laughs) I sit on here every week saying that shit, but it's way better when other people say it. Uh, Yeah, so that was cool. Thank you, Dustin, for that. Uh, Dustin came to our Ohio retreat. I also want to do a quick call out, too, to our foundations, guys. Our foundations training is our uh, professional training to teach men how to facilitate this work uh, in many different capacities. And you guys are killing it. We're not quite halfway through our program this year. but uh, I'd like to have some of you on the podcast soon. So reach out and I'll reach out to you, actually. Let's do this. Okay, I'm super excited. Enjoy this conversation with Mark Holzman. Uh, I hope you're well. Middle of summer, kick some ass. Don't say that, Matt. Take out the kick-ass part. Um, Matt's my uh, producer. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right, so here's here's where I'm super excited about this. I'm, I'm glad to be talking to you. So um, for everybody listening, I met Mark, uh, I suppose it was about six months ago, by a nice pool in Palm Springs. Uh, we were at the a Wellspring event, and uh, yeah, just, it's, um, and Sasha and I, Sasha Lewis and I were hoping to get you to one of our events somewhere along the way and share your gift of yoga, just the gift of you with all of our guys, and um, so Mark just was at an open source and My first one, mm-hmm. first one and led an hour of yoga on Saturday morning, which just was ridiculously good. Mm, and, um, and that's where we're at. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, here's, here's what I'd love to get into today. I'd love to just hear more about you. I, I have my own, uh, slow, messy, tight hamstring yoga story that I'd, I'd love to uh, sort of interplay and, and I, what I'd love to hear is um, both about your yoga journey, your human journey, and then also really dip into, we had this really meaningful and impactful conversation briefly, you and I, uh, yeah. about, the, about the term and the phrase uh, about being closeted. Yeah. And I'd just love to break into that in a, in a very deep and natural way too. So why don't, why don't you just share a little bit about yourself? Sure. And um, 
just to say that my, my yoga journey and my personal journey are, as it turns out, one in the same. Beautiful. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we met about six months ago and I, I know that uh, Sasha was like, you know, because he'd been taking my classes on Yoga Glow and he said, you know, why don't you, you should think about doing, uh, teaching yoga at, at every man. And I pondered, I thought, and I was like, you know, it's a, it's a great idea. And, you know, in much of this, the way that I do quite often, I, um, I sort of protected myself a little bit by saying, well, I'll just, I'll go there, I'll teach that one hour of yoga. And even though I've been invited to participate in the whole weekend, I'll just, I'll just dip in. <laughs> I'll right. do that thing I always do where I'm just like an observer and I'll dip in on the periphery and just check it out. But in fact, I was, uh, I was all in from, from, uh, from the first opening circle. Yeah. Uh, can I ask you? So, so in that, you know, with looking at the, I'm just curious, looking at like open source and what we do, would that have been a, a natural reaction, even if we would have done some other kind of conference or some other thing, or was it what we were doing that sort of led to you to, to be, oh, I'll just dip in a little bit. Or I think it, that I had nothing to do with you. It, it's actually a pattern that I'm trying to break or anything that got feels it. unfamiliar to me. I sort of, I, I protect myself a little bit um, uh, from committing fully by just sort of half, you know, I tell myself that I can just kind of, you know, be on the outside observing. And I've been yeah. trying to break out of that pattern of just being the observer and just, you know, get more skin in the game. Um, well, you certainly did it. I That's did. And, and it's actually what I've done in other parts of my life. So I'm like, why are you being so skittish now? I mean, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and as soon as we went around the opening circle anyway, as soon as I started to hear the guys talking, I was like, oh, I'm in. I, oh, this, is, this, is, this is incredible from like the first yeah. moment. Um, so my yoga journey actually starts, golly, let's just say this. I was an accounting major in, in college. My undergrad was in finance and accounting. I have a CPA and, um, wow. I did not, I did not actually become a teacher until I was almost 40 years old. Damn. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm 57 now. Yeah. But, um, you, but wait, pause on that because you look like you're 34. And that would, like, <laughs> it kind of freaked me out. man. Like, like, you look, it, you're right. younger than me. That's it could be it could be a very healthy hairline that I have. Um, uh, and also, I think not. And yes, I certainly can say you know I'm standing in my head most of the time and doing yoga. But honestly, and I I take good care of myself. But I think, and this will feed into the story of becoming a yoga teacher. Is at a young age, I realized the importance of living an authentic, truthful life and doing and at least searching for I was meant to be in this world and to, and to carve out a life that I, I really love and that I'm proud of. That mm -hmm. more than anything might be what you're seeing. It's more of a spark of- um, Yep, of, of it is, there's a vitality. There's yeah. a, there's a, you just have a general vitality to you that's so palpable. Yes, and, uh, it's thank amazing. you. So you said, you said you found it at a young age. 
What age? I, no, I, I, right. So, so at a very young age, almost like an unnaturally, it seems a young age, I was always preoccupied with finding my meaning in life. Like mm-hmm. finding, like, at a, when I say an unco- or a weird young age, like I think it's weird to be like 11 or 12 years old and already be obsessed with not wanting to die with regrets. It seems a little old, I mean, young to be thinking like that. But I've always had this like, this weird sense of urgency of, of you know, time. I, I've got to find my thing. I've got to find what I was meant to do. And wow. so to eventually come to, uh, to be a yoga teacher, um, it was a very circuitous, arduous trial and error uh, way of getting there. I mean, I finally, it took four decades, but I finally got there. And so it went something like, um, I was an accounting major because I didn't know what else, you know, I had to pick my major and I was 16. I got into this university. And, um, Did you go to university early? 16? No, well, I, well I think in, in, in high school, we had to choose, when we choose the college we wanted, the colleges we had to apply to, or maybe yeah. 17, we also had to choose our major. So that the Whoa. college, so that the, within that university, you can be accepted to that particular school. Meaning like I was, ex- I, I thought, well, I'll, you know, Villanova University has a college of commerce and finance. So I guess I'll be an accounting major. I had nothing to base it on, except right. like that seems safe. And I'll always Isn't that crazy? Account. That just strikes me as so crazy. I feel like 16 year olds still need to like take care to wipe their butt well. Exactly. When I look now at how young 16 and 17 is, when I see photos of myself, I was like, how was I supposed to make my life career, you know, my major at that? Because it wasn't until I became an accountant and I moved to New York City and I got a a very good job with this prestigious, you know, public accounting firm. When I moved to New York City, I started to see all these people doing all these different jobs and professions and vocations i was like oh my god look at all these things i could possibly i could possibly do um so so one thing happened early on when i was about 22 uh when i was still at the accounting firm in in new york city is i decided to come out of the closet to my to my family and i did and it was scary and i i got through it and it ended up being fine but but i think the you know, the, the, the main thing I learned from that, Dan, is that um, at that early age, coming out of the closet, it set a precedent very early on of, of courage yep. um, to live and voice and be my truthful self. Yeah, man. And I, I couldn't even con- contain it anymore. It's like it had to be done. And so it was a great precedent to set that fearlessness at a young age because then two years into my accounting work, when I was miserable and I was, I, I was afraid to tell my family, I was more afraid to tell my family that I wanted to leave accounting because I had like thousands of dollars of school loans out and um, I had invested all this time in, in you know, in college and, I I wanted to be an actor at that point. And I was like, so I had to call them and tell them. And they were like, okay. That is, that is so poignant. That is such a, that's such a wonderful, wonderful, like uh, helpful thing to hear that you were 
more scared to to share with your family that you needed to get out of that path, that career path, and yes. your sex. Yeah. That's huge. That's so huge. You know, one of my favorite sort of thought leaders, podcaster, writers out there is Dan Savage. And oh, I love um, him. Yeah, so do I. I have for a long time. Yeah, he's very bold. Yeah, he's super, he's super bold. But I, the one one thing that really struck me uh, a couple of years ago was yeah, he talked about how. Um, people who had the experience of coming out of the closet with about their sexuality were set up for uh, success in terms of uh, authenticity because the big ones, like the maybe not always the biggest, but a big one's already out of the way, right? Exactly. Like, like, yeah, it just struck me to the core. And and you know, here I am doing all these men's things with guys and and being like, hey guys, like let's take a lesson here, like like come yeah. on. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. So, um, no, that's, that's exactly right. So there's like a, there's an early, there's an early uh, sort of uh, test or a ritual or something of authenticity when one comes out of the closet that paves the way for other areas of authenticity. I know what it's like to be, to live a secret and it really feels shitty and it's it's it can eat yeah. you from the inside out and you know people can be in closet closets their whole life that's why i said at uh one of the things that, that was so astonishing to me at and i'm gonna get to the yoga part too by the way <laughs> get to yeah that yeah part. totally totally um is uh is that we uh, what i said in that circle is that we i i realize that we all have closets that that gay people don't have a monopoly on on closets, because if we define closet as our inability to have a difficult conversation, then everybody has a closet. And what I saw that whole weekend were 60 men that in some way were in a closet. Mine, as I said, doesn't have a rainbow flag on the inside door that I can see. They're all dark on the inside. Um, And I remember when one of the guys, you know, admitted to me in that weekend that, you know, he had been having an affair uh, on his wife. And I, I literally, he came out of the closet yeah. about that. And I had to hold him um, physically, hold him up. He was, he was yeah. crying so hard. Um, and then a few other guys, which was really surprising to me, uh, came up to me and told me that they too, even though they were straight, had been bullied yeah. for being gay. And, um, and that, it, and that they had even questioned at some point their own sexuality because of that and because they were craving the companionship of a man, but not, but not sex with a man. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? Because that's kind of great. No, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, but they, were, they, were, they were craving the, um, the companionship of a man. It was confusing for them. They were like, am I? Yeah. Am I? Cause I and I thought, wow, even just having these conversations is something yeah. I never thought that I would have with, with straight guys. Yeah. You know, the one moment where, I, again, and I, I do, it's, it's funny how yoga is all uh, connected in here because when you led your class that Saturday morning, I was in the back corner. Was I in the I back corner? You. I was in kind of on the side. Yeah, but near the entrance. Near the, uh, right the near the entrance, oh, the, yeah. The, the, uh, the stairs. Yep, and you know, as we were getting ready and just starting, you made a joke, and it was like, "All right, guys, this is I could I could use this as my payback for all of the all of the bully <laughs> I ever had." Right. And that moment 
that really struck me. I was like, wow, like what, right. what a thing that's happening right now. Like there, it's, there's something, there's something, you know, uh, I, yeah. interpersonal, interpersonally important here. I feel, you know, yeah. that was, that was a big moment that really hit me. I was like, damn, it was a big and it was sort of like a you know i did it as uh, as even an icebreaker joke i was i was thinking about that as i was walking there i'm like oh my god for all the gay bashing and bullying that i endured for my entire childhood yeah. i get to teach 60 guys i'm like i can really go to town here <laughs> <laughs> yeah is it is it worth um opening that door a little bit right now like the depths of, of, of the bullying and all the, the, the gross crap. Um, we don't have to go there or stay there. Yeah. But, I would like know. to talk about, I'll lead, I'll lead uh, and, but for, for uh, so I don't lose my, my yoga, th I'll make my yoga thing yeah. very quickly. And I would like to talk yeah. to that. Cause I think it's, it's, um, it's really important. And that is mm -hmm. only that, um, uh, you know, when I left the accounting firm, I went through a very, very, uh, like I said, an arduous search for what it is that I was meant to do in this world. That was very important for me to find. Some people it's not, they can go on automatic pilot and do whatever they need to do to make a living. But yeah. for me, I literally cannot even live in my own skin if I'm doing something that doesn't feel like I'm either contributing to something bigger or I don't, but I had no idea what it was. And yeah. so for many years, I just tried different things. I was an actor for a while, then I left that. I was a massage therapist, I was a stand-up comic. I even, I even you know, managed a couple of seedy gay bars in, in uh, Manhattan, downtown Manhattan. But, um, and even though on the outside, if you looked at my life, like my parents did, um, it looked like I was a quitter and a dilettante and a meandering kind of, you know, somebody who just can't hold a job. Um, as someone who's like trying to find himself, which is kind of charming maybe when you're 20s and 30s, but as I started to approach 40, even <laughs> I was starting to feel self-conscious about how I appeared. And the only thing that really, that guided me or made me feel, I kept my ground was that even though my life looked like a Jackson Pollock painting, <laughs> it was kind of splattered all over the place, I knew that I was guided by a very resolute desire to know my truth. Amazing. And so it wasn't, it wasn't just like this madness of just trying and there was actually like, I got to find it. And then I took my first yoga class and, and to be honest, Dan, I've been, I've always been a very, very spiritual person. I don't, we bandy that word spiritual around a lot. So it's kind of lost it. But all I can say is that at that point, my spirituality was very, vague and abstract yeah. i felt a vague devotion to something yeah but i couldn't quite figure out what it, i just felt spiritual i just i had this this thing about you know it was sort of homeless spirituality and when i took my first yoga class with this great teacher it's like it was like a magnet these this kind of floating homeless spirituality found its roots in my yoga mat that's amazing. Who would you mind? Can you share the name of the teacher? Sure. His name was, his, his, he's not my real, I don't go to him that much anymore, but his name is yeah. Brian Kest. Cool. And he was in Santa Monica and he, I, I was like a, a physically fit guy. Like I would go to the gym and run, but it was the first time I've ever done a physical, anything physical where the teacher 
connected, very, very tender spiritual heart language with the physical actions. It was like a revelation for me. Yeah. And I knew literally, I'm not being a, a dramatic here. Within my first or second class, I thought, I found it. This is it. Amazing. And it How was because you, you actually, I knew, cause I know what it's like not to do what you're not meant to do. That kind of yeah. discordant feeling that when it did happen, I was like, got it. Yeah. It took a long time. And, um, and yes. what's really great is that all the doors to, to, to my yoga world opened up really easily because I was aligned. It was like the radar kind of clicked in and yeah. then my trajectory was very, very clear. Man, I got. I want to reflect some things and connect some dots. Uh, just Please. again, that this amazing sort of position I get to be into to hear from and learn about men of all backgrounds. And so, first of all, the you know that that sort of a couple phrases you said. But first was even at a young age recognizing there's something bigger or there's a purpose or something to it. Um, it's really cool to me to hear guys across the board have similar feelings it's not everybody but i put my i go back into my 11 year old self and what you shared it could have come right out of my mouth it's like, oh great know, there's, there's only you know there's there's something going on here that i felt yes. i was tapped into and um and then you know taking that further into life later into life this this it is one of the most overwhelmingly uh consistent things that i hear from guys and it's just this this the word homeless you use but this feeling that there's something to be a bigger thing to be a part of there's this yes. uh there's this sort of work or this uh, bigger project something to dive into that people men are so hungry for exactly. and you know setting setting up every man you know we are not we're not directly intending to be uh, a spiritual community that's not what we are but right. setting this up from the outline um my intention was to pierce into three areas of men's lives. And one is the emotional life. One is the, well, actually not even pierce into it, but make it safe enough to even talk about your emotions, yes. sexuality, and then spirituality. And I feel like spirituality, when it comes down to it, is maybe even the hardest right. for guys to really. But, but the way you just talked about it, in terms of this, like, this part of you that just was never quite settled was like looking for this home for this, for this thing. And right. so to describe that action of getting on a yoga mat in the right class and feeling it, it brings up a lot of like, it's very poignant. And I think it's a very yes. cool thing. And I know a lot of men are looking for that. Yes. And, and then there's this interesting thing, which is, I'll insert it here. We don't have to take the bait with it, but there's also this, um, there's this sort of men in yoga conversation as well, which um, some men would like are so scared of that spiritual part of yoga, right. Yeah. Or, or just so uncomfortable with the spiritual language and something that they think is a workout. Um, well, they could also be uncomfortable. Cause I, I mean, I still there's predominantly more women in my classes across, like, across the globe. Uh, it also might be something like, a little like yoga is a, is a woman's is a woman thing. It's so interesting. It's still so yeah. So I got I got really invested in yoga in my early twenties. So close to fifteen years ago now, and um, I had assumed it would just sort of change, and I'm sure it is a little bit. But can, I don't know. Let's just take a second to speak to that. What are you seeing in terms of that in the that it, in yoga? Yeah. Um, uh, it, that's a that's a great question. Um, when I teach in larger cities, I find that there are more men 
in the class. Mm -hmm. um, when I teach in smaller places, I don't find that there are, um, there are as many men. And I, I'm always trying to figure out, that's why to, to teach 60 men at, at, at every man, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is a gift for me. Cool. <laughs> this is to, 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 uh, to see this. And let me just say one thing, cause I don't want to forget this, Dan, is that um, yeah. when, I, when I was just watching you throughout the, the weekend, I was saying to myself, I'm giving you this compliment now because it has been given to me in the past, and it's probably one of the, 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 the best compliments that I can hear, and I'm giving it to you, which is um, you're doing exactly what you're meant to be doing. Oh. And when people say that to me, like, uh, you know, they'll just say, like, you know what? They're very casual. They don't even know they're complimenting me. They'll be like, you know what? You know, when you're teaching, I feel like you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. I'm like, oh, my God, you have no idea what a compliment. Because it took me so long to find it, number one. But, but it means, I'm, and I, I kind of felt that when I, was, uh, when I was experiencing it. It was like, as someone who's been through it, I, I, one of the reasons why we can all relax and trust you is because you're locked into your dharma. Like, you're, you're doing what you're meant to be doing. And... And it's effortless, and but so powerful we can feel it. We may not be able to put words to it, um, and it's part of the reason why I think the work can unfold so quickly and um, and effectively is is oh. is that as well. The transmission, in other words, besides yeah. just the content. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Uh, I take it. I'll yeah. take that in all the way, man. I really appreciate that. So. Um, but I would love to see more more men on the mat, and we are starting to to see that. Um, you know, it's funny when I was going to teach the class, there was a part of me that was like, "Okay, should I should I man this up a little bit? Like, should I change the way I teach because I'm in front of men?" This mm -hmm. is what, right? I was like, "Should I should I maybe not be too spiritual? Should I maybe not be too?" something because I, I need to teach to my audience. Um, right. um, but I did not teach any other way than I normally teach because I feel like when you're just putting a message out there from your authentic self, people are going to respond. I was so glad you didn't change. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, could, I could feel that decision in, in your teaching and I was so glad you didn't yeah. change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, you know, you're part of me and it's, it's, it's still, it's that part of me that might like come out of my own power self, like, like leave that behind and be like, oh, I should give them what they want or I want to make myself, I want them to like yoga so I should butch it up. I should butch up the practice a little bit or something. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think we, we shortchange. I, sir, I, you know, the whole, that's the whole thing with that weekend, Dan, is I, I kind of, I kept being surprised by the guys. Like I had a whole expectation and I kind of like didn't give them the benefit of the doubt. And, and every step of the way, I was stunned by the, the tears, the sharing, the vulnerability. You know, we had those conversation right? cards at our dinners, at our meals. And I'm like, oh, God, no one's going to do this. No one's going to like, you know. Yeah. And sure enough, it, there they were. People were like, uh, the guys were actually talking about it. I was like, wow. There's a, there's a melting here. 
what what you're talking to is is this beautiful thing i feel like i get to like i want more and more to peel back the curtains and show the world the the simple beauty of 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 men when they just lay their fucking yeah. you know when they put down the boxing gloves or whatever exactly. you know I, I love hearing you talk. Isn't it remarkable? It's, Isn't it just crazy? It's remarkable. And I, I and, and yes, of course, there's a self-selection yeah. as we, we talked about. Yeah, like, you know, these guys are already primed to yeah. they push the button for the register, the register yeah. button for the retreat. So they're already, they, they're primed. Um, but I was, uh, I was just, and I guess part of it came, yeah, I think, you talked a little bit about the bullying. I was, I was bullied and gay bashed for years. And ye- it wasn't an isolated incident. Pretty much all through elementary school um, and a little bit of high school. I was hospitalized once and it was just relentless. And, um, and so I, I, I want to be clear from this perspective that I, I don't dislike as a result it's not like i dislike straight men or or even that i don't trust them it's just that i've always felt awkward around them i I didn't know how to and i also don't like sports very much yeah (laughs) so i don't speak that language and i found you know through all many years when when guys would get together if they didn't know each other the common denominator was like well let's just talk about sports which is something else i could never participate in and so i was like i don't i don't know how to relate to you guys you know and no one spoke about sports the entire time (laughs) (laughs) that is that is remarkable too isn't it it was really um sports and politics nobody talks about politics at our events yeah i'm just curious about i think it's probably great i think we could have those conversations but yeah, it's yeah. interesting what gets weeded out when, and I know that we're just there to really be personally and interpersonally focused. But yeah, so. well, what's so interesting about it? But even um, even by the end of the the week weekend, I, you know, I thought, well, one of the th- I, for an intention, I thought, well, maybe I can get some healing around my, you know, growing up and being bullied, and I don't know exactly yeah. what I expect from these, like how that's going to take place. But it took place. That healing actually took place. You know, in a way that I never expected, which mm. was, uh, like, it's not like I expected, like, the collective male species is supposed to apologize to me at every amount, you know. Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest healing things is that no one made a big deal of it. In fact, I was the one that was squawking about it the whole weekend, that even I was sick of my own story. Like, I was sick of, like, my gay performance story. I was like, you know what? You're the only one squawking about this and they're just holding space and listening and i ended up feeling more in some way healed and reconciled by being able to offer love and help and whatever way i can to that to the guys rather than receiving something directly back from them isn't that remarkable too it's remarkable because I, you know, I thought, okay, look, I kind of feel like my childhood and my masculinity were hijacked from me yeah. um, and, I, and I can never get that back. That's, that's yeah. gone. But when I was sitting around the closing circle, I thought, oh my God, one of the most healing things for me is to be part of a group like 
every man where I can play some role in maybe changing the perspective of these prospective fathers, dads or dads to be, to raise a new generation of mindful sons. And that, because I can't get the past back, but I can certainly do my, my work here to maybe just kind of guide the future a little bit through this work. Yeah. Another generation of tolerance and sensitivity. And that was really a big revelation for me. It's so cool to hear you reflect this stuff back, you know, cause obviously this is my, this is, this is my day to day and I'm still so mind blown by what happens, but to, I mean, you're, you got such a good, I get to sit and listen to you talk for a while. <laughs> Probably about anything, but um, yeah, what a beautiful, what's just a beautiful thing, man. I'm so, was, I'm so feel so lucky to be a part of what we're doing here because some of the, um, it's just so it's just so personally meaningful to me to be able to um, i mean these are some these are some of the bigger things that 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 impede people's safety in life right these things we're yeah. talking about straight men and gay men and like to sit in a circle and i've had these amazing experiences where you know we can just very honestly like clearly totally forthright you know uh, gay man straight man just say i'd like share love and share like real intimacy and be able to make it safe that even talk about the sexuality part too but not need to at times and yeah it's just, it's just remarkable man right because I, I felt i i i you know i feel like we we came in i certainly came in when we first sit around the the opening Circle. Let, let me just, I, I just want to just relay something that someone said to me, which I found very, very moving. It's, it's mm -hmm. uh, um, through that weekend is some guy came up to me, this guy with like Coke bottle glasses. And he came up to me on a Sunday and he said, you know, Mark, he said, we don't know each other. There's been a lot of people and I haven't, I haven't approached you for the whole weekend because I'm a little intimidated by you because you seem like the good looking popular guy. Like me, the guy whose whose head was shoved in a toilet bowl every day and great, like me, right? So I was, and he's like, I want to go out of my comfort zone and just introduce myself to you. I, I was literally, I welled up in tears. So we had a really nice lunch and I turned around and I did the same thing because I realized I was, I also was not speaking to a certain guy. I'm keeping everything, you know, anonymous here. I also had been uh, avoiding a certain guy because I, you know, he was basically like the prototype of every guy who beat me up and was really good looking and a kind of muscular, yeah. like the alpha male, you know, he could tell really athletic. And I went up to him because this guy did that to me. And I went up to him and I was like, I'm going to say like Joe, his name wasn't Joe. I was like, Joe, I was like, <laughs> I've been avoiding you the whole weekend. And yep. I just want to introduce myself and just say, you know, um, even though like you look like every guy who ever beat me up that I just, I just want to say hi and just be seen. And, <laughs> and, and we hugged and he was like surprised and yeah. And I thought it, oh, it's man. just amazing. Isn't it? We just say the scary thing. Just, if we just do that, man, yes. gosh, dang, so much happens. There's so much permission that's given once someone makes that first move. And honestly, even in my smaller group, I, I feel like, all our stories may have been a little different on the outside, mm -hmm. but everybody sort of had the same desire. I, I, it was, 
there's a commonality in, in, you know, relieving suffering or whatever it is. There's like, just like the window dressing on the outside is just different stories, different setups, totally. relationships. But it, it, you know, I, I feel like we walked in as every man and then literally walked out as every man. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about there's a, only a few things, maybe three things in life that uh, I feel like are never a bad decision no matter what. One is going to my group. The second is going to a yoga class. And the third is eating tacos. So, I'll just <laughs> but, um, but to bring yoga back in here, I, yeah. I, feel, I feel like the practice of what we do at Everyman there are, there are cool things to draw connections between yoga. I, I think, you know, in the interpersonal and emotional realm, we're, we're really almost, uh, you know, stretching into uncomfortable places, you know? Yes. And um, just really briefly, you know, I, I went to my first yoga class in a, in a uh, community center in Duluth, Minnesota. I was probably 23. Uh, I kind of hated it. I kind of loved it. Mm. Uh, I went in and out with the practice of, ever since and I, i'm more out than in right now but i had time time periods where i was you know five to six classes a week my my home studio for a long time was yoga works in soho in new york city had a right. bunch of amazing teachers there and i didn't uh, know you lived in new york i thought you were always a mountain man oh no so i lived in i've actually lived in new york city more uh length of time than any other place ever actually in terms oh of God. one place yeah i did two stints in new york i was a high school teacher for three and a half years and then i was in the media business right. and lived in new york for three years too so um wow. yeah new york city was was my yoga home and you know as i i'm third i just turned 37 right uh, i've got two little kids i'm more out of shape now than i have been most <laughs> of my life uh, but really, like, all I want, again, is a sustained yoga practice. And yes. just to put a little plug in for, for yoga, yeah. uh, glow, glow or Glow now, um, I've been a yeah. member of that for three or four years. And I'm still yeah. having a hard time making that a committed home practice, even with the, the awesome teachers like yourself. Yes. Um, I just love, there's it, nothing it, that feels better than a, a freaking good yoga class. Oh, I know. It just doesn't. Yeah. I know. And it's interesting, you know, when we bring the spirituality aspect, I think that, um, and I, I know I said this in the beginning of the class that I taught at, uh, at Everyman, is that, you know, if we just, because spirituality can, can start to seem really flighty and this, like, this thing other than yourself, but, you know, simple acts or feelings of gratitude, of mm -hmm. deep listening, those are all spiritual practices, right? It doesn't have to move into some sort of esoteric kind of, of realm and i i um i think just like we were in our smaller groups and uh, you know and our uh, my my facilitator was like close your eyes and just like feel into your own body the, or the way we check in yeah. that's i feel like that's a spiritual practice just checking into how you feel is is a it is for me it is for me too i get scared about talking about it that way to be perfectly honest but but right. yeah depending on your definition of spiritual yeah so what how do you define it for yourself um what, what is spiritual I, you know i still i might I, after almost 20 years of teaching i still might be at a loss of like um yeah. of defining it um yeah uh well, that's how some of the old traditions, that what's, that's what lights me up. It's that thing that cannot be defined. It's the thing that cannot be spoken about. Exactly. Words don't uh, quite do it. Right. Or I think that even just trying to try to find in your life what your, your meaning and your gifts are to share them with the world is a deeply 
you know, spiritual, the, 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 um, the, the teachings in, in yoga of, of Dharma, um, which is, you know, really what you're meant to do in this world. They're very, very, they're, they're in almost every text. And, um, so I think that's a very large portion of, of what spirituality, uh, is to, you know, I think of yoga as like most people think of it as just fitness, and it is fitness, but it's also fitness so that you can have a strong and able body so that you can do your work in the world. It's not some sort of amputated thing like I'm just going to like have, you know, strong biceps or, you know, hamstrings are going to be nice and loose. It's so that you can, you know, you're, you're, you're housing, well, you're housing spirit, actually. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think people might be more spiritual than they think they are. They just don't put that word. They don't use that word. I mean, when we're, when we're getting older, I mean, when we're growing up, obviously we're like, you're concerned with your family and your job and getting your life together. And then at a certain age, people are like, well, there's gotta be more. Yeah. And I think it's that question of there's gotta be more plugs into the spiritual aspect component. Yeah, it's so interesting. I'm just sort of like reflecting here. And one of the choices that I and we made building this <clears throat> this sort of entity, Everyman, is that we really don't use the word masculinity on purpose. Uh, because it just, it, you can't hear that word without yeah. something being defined in your own head. Like there's a stance that's taken on them. And actually, as we're talking about it, I'm thinking that the term spirituality also is one of those. It's just hard to, and it, you know, yeah. obviously for, for people that worked for it, it works for it, but there's a lot of people it doesn't work for. It. And I'm, I'm really just in this moment curious about other yeah. ways to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. I know what you mean. It's almost like it, it yeah. like it, it kind of, we use it, it's thrown around so much that it kind of means everything and then means nothing or something. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, and I think, well, yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like yoga itself and then now all this men's stuff for me has been um, really healthy, you know, uh, grounded ways to connect to that part of myself. Um, yes. Again, that's hard to talk about that I don't really, still don't know how to talk about very well, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that. I, 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 I personally found the whole weekend to be a spiritual practice. Just, yeah. um checking in, yeah. uh, deep, deep, deep listening, feeling support and feeling like we're kind of part of something bigger. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a feeling that you can't quite put words and vocabulary around. Yeah. And maybe that's, that's what it is. It's just, I just, I watched a transformation from Friday night to Sunday when we left and I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty incredible. There's something Amazing. spiritual about it. <laughs> it's like you, yeah. you, you quite you can't put your finger on what it was exactly. I remember asking you, I was like, "How is this happening so quickly? Is it because they're so bottled up and ready, or is it the work, the content, or I just think it's a lot of things that we can't pinpoint." Yeah, well, I wonder if there's a, <clears throat> you know, it, it, yeah, exactly. We probably can't, but, but I think about your store and you said you found that class, right? Or you found the right teacher at the right time. And you said right. within, within two classes, so maybe two hours of experience, you said, all right, this is, this is my path. This is it. Right. Yeah. Um, 
there's something, yeah, there's probably something tangible we could talk about. And then there's something very intangible yes. too. But yeah. what was, and, so, and, and, you, and you have know, to be, the thing is also, Dan, you have to be, you have to be open. I feel like there are amazing miracles and grace and synchronicities happening all the time. I feel like yoga allows you to be more open and receptive to, to, to feel them. Cause you could be, you could, you could possibly, these things could be going flying right over your head if you're not checking in. I, that, I think that is so real. Yeah. And you mean that literally, I think, right? Yes, like you're, you're actually softening yourself and loosening yourself up so you can actually be impacted by all the amazing shit happening. Is that, is exactly. that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. Like I could have taken that first yoga class and been like, Oh, that was kind of great. And then like, if I was, yeah. and just like walked out and had like a latte and been like, okay, that was like an isolated compartmentalized spirit, uh, you know, experience. Yeah. When you start look, seeing life through the lens of like looking for cues and hints and feeling these things, but you have to be, you have to be more of a being receptive mode rather than doing, 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 which guys exactly. kind of do and do and do. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Well, so where, where is your Dharma right now? Where's your passion? What's your, what's your like, what are you doing? <laughs> what's up? With, where were you going? That's it. That's a great question. I mean, one could say I'm a yoga teacher, but that, you know, your Dharma can change too. Um, and, and it's, it's actually changing for, for me. And I'm not sure I'm in a, um, a transition right now where I'm still in the right ballpark in the yoga field. Mm -hmm. Um, but I there's something else I want to do to be, to be really honest, frankly, I don't know if I want to teach downward facing dog for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think for the yoga student yeah. and the yoga teacher, the portal, the gateway to yoga is usually physical, right? Yes. Like right. I want to be more limber. I, you know, someone told me that I would be stronger or whatever, or I have an injury. So I'm going to do yoga. It starts out that way. And if you stick with it long enough, then these layers begin to peel back and you start seeing all the, you know, the, the physical practice of yoga is just the tip, tip, yeah. tip of the iceberg. Um, yeah. I'm finding that now with my teaching, I went back to school to be an Ayurveda practitioner. Um, I feel like there's more of myself I want to express in my work in the world that okay. isn't only through downward facing dog. And I'm, I'm at a crossroads there. So I, I don't know what that is yet. And I'm trying cool. to be okay with being in the unknown. Because that's what you were doing at Wellspring when we met, right? You were doing more Ayurveda stuff. Yeah, than you were I wasn't actually, teaching. Yeah. I wasn't teaching yoga at all. I was. I was teaching Ayurveda, which is the sort of like the healthcare philosophy, yeah. the medical philosophy of the yoga world. So just like, yeah. just like China has their five thousand year old Chinese medical system, you know, India has theirs, and it's a sister science of yoga. It leads into it. Um, uh, so there's something there, and. I'm back into a place of not quite knowing what my next step is. It's a little unfamiliar for me because I've been very sure about it in the last couple of years, but I feel like there's something new um, within the yoga world. I'm not sure what it is, but I think a little bit more than just like spread your fingers in warrior two kind of thing. <laughs> well, I have zero doubt that you will find it. And, um, and zero doubt that you will not only just dip in a little bit, but you'll, you'll, you'll go, <laughs> you'll go yeah. all in like, like you did with us. And, uh, 
Dan, I couldn't, I couldn't be more uh, happy to, to know you and have this conversation, to have you come Same. join us and to teach us and to share with us. Same, and I would love to do it again. I mean, I really, yeah. I really want to be a part. I feel like this is, it's really important. And, and, and how about you? Because I know you might be wrapping up here. Our time might be coming. But are you, um, y- you know, you, you, you've just started this. So in this iteration, uh, things are as they are, but they're always going to evolve. And I'm wondering if, yeah. if you feel like you're hitting, are you hitting a plateau at all? Or do you feel like, um, not a plateau, that might not be the right word. Uh, no, I hear, I hear you. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's um, there. I feel like two weeks ago that, that retreat sort of was the end of a plateau. If there was, there, there was a little moment in there, probably a couple of three months long that, um, you know, every man is outwardly expanding and getting a lot of good uh, attention and it's growing. Uh, the business part of it has, is lagging behind a little bit. So we're, right. we're, we're starting to catch up. Um, you know, for me personally, I, you know, we're doing all these higher level trainings. We're doing teacher training type stuff with our foundations program. We're, right. we're doing this stuff. I, I got to be honest with you, like that open source event specifically of, uh, of working with men at that stage fills me up in a way that um, nothing else really does. And so I want to keep doing that. I am really, I'm also, uh, I think the other sort of half of my, my big picture stuff is, is as a creative, as a writer and as a, uh, a filmmaker. And so where I'm really leaning, where I'm trending here is to uh, begin writing more about what we do, both fiction and nonfiction, probably primarily nonfiction to start. And then, you know, partnering with folks to, uh, yeah, to create beautiful things that show this part of humanity that seems to be so close at hand that we're, uh, you know, oftentimes not quite able to, to land in. And so, right. yeah, you know, if we talk so in six months, yeah, what I'd like to tell you in six months is that I'm, I'm, uh, I got a book partway or halfway done. <laughs> uh, that's really what I want to do. And this awesome family thing, actually... My family, um, my, my wife and I are going to start our own podcast on the side here and really document this really remarkable moment in time for how, we, how we're choosing to live in town yeah. with, with the everyman stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, uh, I've had a couple of these huge, couple big creative bursts in my life, and I feel like I'm just starting to get into one. I, I, that's the way I feel. And it feels, it feels both uh, exciting. And also I feel a little unsure sometimes in that, like I'm, or that where, where you're, you're just not completely sure. Totally. Um, totally. And so there's a, it's like a little bit of a tug of war of excitement and a little bit of nervousness or, you know, when you're sitting in the unknown of what that is and it's. Yeah. Well, let's, great. let's stay in touch and we can support each other through our unknowns, man. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. I'd love to. Well, right. amazing. Thank you. Thank you for your time here. And um, what, what would you like to share with our listeners? What, what should we, what should we share about how to find out more or to follow up with you or what, what should we do? Yeah. Um, I, I would say um, I would love for all of anyone who's listening, if you don't have a yoga practice to, um, to not be scared of yoga. Yeah. Um, I, I think that yoga still has a stigma attached to it where people feel like they have to be really good before they start. 
that's so weird. It's it's a stupid stigma. Sorry. Go it's ahead. A, um, and I don't find it in any other. Well, I do find some, but for some reason in yoga, I can't tell you how many people tell me like, can you give me like five private sessions before I go to a class? There's like huh. this. <laughs> I'm like, you guys, it's really just go to a base level class. Honest to God. You'll, yeah. Um, uh, for, I mean, personally, of course, you can, you can, uh, and, and if that's your issue, like by all means, go on Yoga Glow, Yoga Glow with no, or it's a glow, I think it's glow.com now without the W. Yeah. It's just yeah. glow. There's a, there's so many um, classes on there that are, you know, basic level at all levels that you can do at home in the privacy of your own home. And, um, and I want to uh, double, I'm going to double down on your recommendation here, both for Yoga Glow or Glow, because it's just fantastic, but even more back to this vitality thing there are <clears throat> the men in our community and there's a lot of men in our community but that are in their you know 40s 50s and 60s that look like they're in their 30s and are just so quick they all they're all daily or, or regular uh yoga practitioners so like there is something there yes uh, young guys guys my age like you should really take that seriously yeah and, and really just take, take, like, don't neglect, like really take care of yourself. I want guys to take care of themselves. Women are a little bit better at that, but I mean, and I mean like, you know, just take the time to take care of, to eat right. And because the, the whole thing, even with Ayurveda is um, it's not just about, it's not just about you taking care of yourself. So you feel great. It's so that you can show up as the best man for you know your family your friends your community your state your yeah. country your, it, it kind of ripples out your dharma requires that you're in good physical condition you know mentally you know just, and, and physically just to put a to hang a, a pin out there we should do uh, another podcast later on about the ayurveda stuff specifically yes i do awesome. i run a whole program on ayurvedic habits daily habits um, uh, for, you know, to, to be in alignment with nature. They're really elegant habits. They're easy to do. Um, and they're, they're in some way they're very simple. Um, just uh, like I'm, your, I, I'm signed up for whatever that is. Okay. Please, yeah. Let us know. Let me know what, and we can even, is, I can that. even present something at, at one of our everyman's, you know, take like a, an hour and do a, a self care, healthy habit hour or something. I'm in. Cool. Yeah. Amazing. So awesome. So we can, I know, I know you're at markholzman.com also, yeah. right? So it's uh, yeah. Mark with a C M A R C H O L Z M A N.com. You can find my schedule there or you can on Instagram at Mark Holzman. And if I'm near you, come take a class. <laughs> Don't be afraid. <laughs> I'm just looking at it. It's called evolutionary habits. Is that, is that what you were just referencing? Yeah. It's, uh, it's like eight to 10 habits. We do like one per week. I'll probably run the course next, uh, next year. Um, awesome. so yeah. Awesome, Mark. Well, thank you. This has been Be awesome. Yeah, it's you been can. really awesome. Look forward to our next one, man. Same here. All yeah. right. Take care. Take care. Dude. Thank you for listening. Mark Holzman is a just a lovely stud of a man. He's also one of these guys that he looks about 40. Well, no, not 40, but he looks younger than me, and he's older than me substantially. Uh, I gotta, <laughs> I talked to him about that. It's all yoga. I'm so glad that you that you stuck around and listened to the whole thing. I appreciate it. Check us out on uh, social media, all the other places. 
and uh, thank you so much and be well.